everyone, and welcome to this episode of Thanks for Participating. We're your hosts. I'm Jo. I'm. <laughs> I'm Sydney. <laughs> uh, and I'm Josh. Trust me. For those of you, oh, and we'd like to welcome you. To welcome to our show. We hope you're wearing your participants oh my because gosh. it's gonna. <laughs> Because it's going to what? Because we're about to get started with our show. Thanks for participating. <laughs> All right. Um, there's really not a simple way to explain this for first-time listeners, but basically, Josh and I introduce each other to new things, like things that I enjoyed when I was younger or things that he enjoyed, and the other one tries it for the first time. We've really got to work on our... Uh, elevator speech. You know, if you're trapped in an elevator with someone and you have to get the... I know what an elevator speech is, babe. Babe, you have to let me introduce you to things. <laughs> That's the whole idea of the show. <laughs> Just because you know everything. Um, I do, though. So, yeah, down to the basics. We want to make this show where we are exploring each other's interest on an episode-by-episode basis, and we hope that it's fun to make the podcast, and we hope somehow that it's fun for people to listen to the podcast so far we seem to have a lot of positive feedback which blows my mind we actually have two five-star reviews on apple Podcasts that we'd like to shout out before we go ahead and introduce our guest the first one comes from ryan lehman he gave us a five-star review a steak in a world of cheeseburgers sure a hamburger is a is good any day of the week but when you want something to fill that void deep in your soul you need something savory and delightful. This is what you need. Journey with Josh and Sydney as they take you on a new adventure each episode, and you'll soon find yourself in, a wa- in an oasis of love, fun, and shenanigans. Do yourself a favor. Listen to this podcast. That's very nice of him to say. That's so sweet. Thank you so much, Ryan. I also love steak, so I love the analogy. <laughs> I know you love steak. Every time we drive past the intersection with Texas Roadhouse, you just, oh, can you smell it? You can. You can smell it from the car. You're so silly. If I could give that review five stars, I would. <laughs> That's a five-star, five-star review. Yes. Amen to that. Okay. Our second one comes from Ice Cream Manatee, and that says, Great out of the gate. And he says, so many podcasters flounder at first, but thanks for participating is great right out of the gate. Josh's and Sydney's voices are comforting, and their chemistry is impeccable, even for a married couple. Yeah, our chemistry is impeccable, because I am a chemistry student. <laughs> That's what they teach you in chemical engineering classes. Chemistry? I thought it was mostly just engineering. It's mostly charisma with your significant other. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) At BYU, it makes sense. Yeah, you can tell because the non-chemical engineering engineer that we have with us has zero charisma. That's true. (laughs) Oh, speaking of, I think that's our cue to introduce our guest. The one and only Mr. Johnny Johnson himself. Corbett Hansen. Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you? Good. Good. Although I don't think it's been proven that um, I don't think Corbett Hansen and Johnny Johnson have ever been seen at the same place at the same time. That Not sure true. that's been proven. We we have had you on this podcast now. This is our third time, <laughs> and none of those times we've ever seen Johnny Johnson and Corbett Hansen in the same place. That's true. So the data is suggesting 
uh, in the plausibles on that on that scenario. I I think that proves it right there. But then again, this is also his first time on the podcast. <laughs> True, we're living in this weird matrix dimension where this is uh, the first episode that we've recorded with you, but also the third at the same time, <laughs> because those other two were not released, but it was the same content that we're going to be going over today. <laughs> There's something so yes. familiar about this. <laughs> I know, it's like like deja vu or something. Yeah, it's like Groundhog Days for podcasting. (laughs) I think you've got him crying. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely crying a little bit. (laughs) Okay, so we also can't confirm that that Johnny Johnson and Corbett Hansen are not also Bill Murray. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) And this is what you've done to us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's well, anyway, statement. anyway, we recorded this podcast episode initially back in, I want to say January, the end of January. Yeah. And for some reason, something with our audio interface, the levels were bad or we had too much gain on the microphones or whatever. So when I went in to, to edit the podcast to be ready to, to uh, publish it online, all of the audio was corrupted in some way that basically rendered it uh, unusable, which was I very sad. I think the term you used was, I can hear you breathing. No, no, no. I, could, I couldn't hear you speaking, but I could hear like the clicks from your eyelids like blinking. And, like, <laughs> oh, that's so much you, like, worse. <laughs> when you smile, it's like the... Like when you move your cheeks, you know? Yeah, I know. So gross. One time when I was at summer camp... All of the girls in the summer camp stood in a circle in the cabin, and we all smiled at the same time so that we could hear that sound. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then we got our lovely patient guest on a second time, and we made sure to do a very thorough sound check. All of the levels were in the right place. We recorded it. It was an even better recording than the first one with great content. I went in uh, that weekend to edit it, got about halfway through the editing session, and then I took a break for dinner with my beautiful wife. And when we were finished with dinner, I came back into the living room, and my laptop had a blue screen of death on it. (laughs) And uh, I tried updating it and all of this stuff, and when it went in there, uh, I was an idiot, and I hadn't saved it was an unsaved file, and so it was lost. And I took it into Best Buy to see if they could recover it, and there was just nothing they could do for us. They could recover it for two hundred and fifty dollars. Well, the thing is, is they could, they could run. Here's I went in there, and I it was frustrating because I was trying to get them to understand what I was asking, and they just didn't. But they basically said, "Here's what we can do: we can run a diagnostics test to see if like the file's missing." And that's going to cost you $50. And so then, if they say, yep, looks like you've got yourself a missing file, then they charge you for actually doing something about it, and they run like a $250 uh, recovery thing that could take up to a week. And then you it's not even a guarantee at all if the things that it recovers, your missing file is in that. So it's just a total gamble. And it, to me, it just sounded like a lot of money down the drain. Especially and, for college students. Yeah. And so I was like, we better... So we we were really like weighing our options. Should we just record a different episode or 
uh, get our guest back on and record the same one for the third time or I, record it later. And uh, I think Josh just schedule. needed an emotional break. Ah, uh, yeah. I was <laughs> I was really sad. I was so, so depressed. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, we are... Corbett, we're very, very grateful that you're willing to do this for the third time. We know you're a very busy man. No uh, worries. And, you know, I think that I think we need to let everybody know that the last version was almost perfection. So if if this one doesn't go as well, just know that we had one time where it was really, really good. And you all missed it. Yeah, that's right. So it's, yeah, sorry, listeners. It's all your fault. We're not, for not, you had to be there. <laughs> oh, great. Well, Sydney, why don't you go ahead and introduce what this topic is that was so precious and amazing that it deserved three separate episodes dedicated to it. <laughs> Guys, we couldn't we couldn't cover it in just one. We had to take up three entire podcast episodes just to get our point across. But we're only releasing one, so so today we're going to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is concerts, because I enjoy going to concerts, I enjoy playing in concerts, and there was one man that sparked my love for concerts, and it is Johnny Johnson himself, <laughs> Corbett Hansen. Have we, uh, oh sorry, but have we mentioned that Corbett Hansen is your father? I don't think we have. <laughs> <laughs> we might have in the previous session, but uh, yeah, Corbett Hansen, my father-in-law, my beautiful wife's not-so-beautiful father. <laughs> I, I really have a face for radio. Yeah, you do. That's I, why we I have, concur. That's why we asked you to be on this <laughs> podcast. Or for podcasts, I should say, yes. <laughs> yeah, radio is dying. I was podcast just telling, killed the radio star. I, I was just telling uh, Sydney today that... Uh, Sydney and all of her siblings, they all, whenever we're together, all they do is just roast you. They just have all of these insults lined up, ready to go. And I've just kind of like adopted that by association. And it's it shocks me because we'll be over and we will all be roasting you and I'll just jump in. And then you only have nice things to say about me. I'm telling you, you're the favorite child. I've always told you this. You're not even his child, and you're the favorite. Well, I'll, I'll get around to it, Josh. Don't worry. But uh, okay. Now that's how I know everybody loves me when they roast me. So it's, <laughs> it's good to have laughter around the house. Mel must love you a lot, then. <laughs> I don't know. Olivia's giving her a run for her, for her money right now. <laughs> I guess that's true. I haven't lived with you guys for almost a year now. So. Well, that's why. That's why my dogs are my favorite kids. Uh, that's true. They are your computer screen savers, and they have been for years now. But they are also very good-looking dogs, so I can't blame you. Just they wait are. until we come up and teach Sage how to give insults. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't test me. <laughs> that's the that that's what. The my the curriculum will be in my engineering courses in about two or three years. So okay, it yeah, moves from chemistry with your wife to, to teaching dogs how to insult your father-in-law. Teaching dogs how not to have chemistry with their owners. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a master's level course. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I mean, you would know. So 
<laughs> All right. Well, my <coughs> whoa. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> okay. My first concert was at least ten years ago. Um, I it was actually a soccer game that I went to with my dad and my friend and my brother. And at the end, One Republic played. And we sat in the seats instead of going on the... Oh my gosh. Okay, we sat in the seats instead of going on the field because my brother was wimping out. But it was (laughs) such a cool concert. And that was a good first one to have. Yeah, that really was a nice concert. And, you know, there's... um... It was outdoors, and uh, you know it, it was the Real Salt Lake game. And and just a little side note, so there was only one goal scored in the game, and and Sydney and her friend had to go to the restroom, so they tried to go right before halftime to beat the crowds, and right as they got up past the top step and and into the, you know, and, and away from where they could see the field, that's when the goal was scored. So. Um, but it was, uh, you know, there's the, the stadium seats about 19,000 people, but I think only a couple thousand people actually stayed for the concert after that. And so it was really a nice atmosphere. And um, as you mentioned, there was a crowd on the field next to the, um, next to the stage, but we stayed up in the seats and, and got to listen to the music from the seats. And it was just a, um, a, a just a kind of a fun night um and and they play you know i didn't really know them that much i don't you you knew them more than i did at the I time i heard radio play i like their album was getting some radio play yeah but i i was surprised at how many songs i actually knew from them yeah they were one of the few like good bands putting out good pop music in the 2010s cuz i feel like that was really dark era for pop well and that was after their first album right yeah. I think it was the last concert of their tour for the first album. And, uh, and I don't know, they, they, they're they really good live. And we, we had just a really great time. Even though McKay was, even though your brother was Whipping not wanting out. to go down. Yes. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Corbett, what about your first uh, concert experience? So my first concert experience, um, how old were you, Sid, at that? at that one with one republic. I feel like that was probably early junior high. Okay. That's probably about the same I was probably about the same age when I had my first one. So my sister, my older sister, um uh really liked the band Aha and they were coming to Dallas. Uh I lived in Texas at the time and they were coming to Dallas and they were going to this small little stadium. It it was called the Bronco Bowl. And I looked it up. Uh, it's not around anymore, um, but it was like a bowling. It, it had like a you know a bowling center and then a concert center. I think it seated about um, maybe like eight thousand people or something like that. So not a very big concert venue, uh, but uh, that's where Aha came to play. And um, you know, I my dad was going to take my sister and her friend to the concert, and so I asked if I could tag along. And for some reason she she let me do it and um so we went it was kind of a fun concert to go to especially for my first one especially looking back now you know that was kind of like the music that i i really enjoyed was that first wave music of the 80s and um 
Um, I can't say that I was a huge AHA fan, um, like my sister was, but uh, I did like them a lot, and they had a few really good songs. And I got to say, though, my first impression being a junior high kid was that I couldn't believe that they were really playing their instruments. I thought for sure they were like lip syncing up on stage. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out that, yes, some of them actually did. Um, but I, I don't think AHA was, was actually lip syncing. I was just amazed at, at how well that they could play. And it was just a fun concert to be at. And it was just nice. Um, you know, it wasn't like a huge concert um, venue. And so it was pretty intimate. And, um, overall, just kind of a good concert experience, kind of like your first one with One Republic. Yeah. Sometimes those smaller concert venues are the best, though. Oh, definitely. I think the closer and, you know, like the older I get, the closer I want to be to the stage um, and the less I want to be like in the back corner of a stadium of, you know, 25,000 people uh, where I can't see anything and the music doesn't sound as good. So maybe I'm maybe I'm getting picky, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the but, week before. Oh, go ahead. But the, the, the concerts that I love the most are the ones where I'm close enough to be able to see what's actually happening on the stage. Yeah, the week before I left on my mission, I went to the Velour to see Foreign Figures, and the Velour is this very, I mean, very small concert venue in, uh, in Provo, and it, I mean, it's like a hallway. I mean, me and my dad have both played at it, like, as musicians, but I've also gone to a couple of concerts there, and this Foreign Figures one was really cool, um... First of all, because I loved a lot of their music, but second of all, because they were really good at interacting with the crowd. And at one point, they came out into the crowd and just because it's standing room only. And so they like cleared a circle and were just like playing in the middle of the circle. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. That's that w that would be an awesome experience. Yeah, I was there with my friend and we well, my friends and we had such a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that uh, that that little concert venue. I mean, just to let you know how long it's been around, um, I uh, I was around. It, I was around. Um, I actually played in it when I was going to college at at, at BYU. Um, it wasn't called the Velour at the time, but I think it was the same guy who owned it, and um, and so uh, it was kind of set up a little bit differently. They've put a green room in there now. We used to just kind of enter in the back door to the to the building and and so the green room was actually in the you know in the back parking lot uh, back when i played which made it a bigger venue but i think it makes it more intimate now um and it's uh they've done i mean over the years it's gone through different versions but it's it's really a nice little place for local music yeah and it's a lot of fun to play in too there's a lot of energy coming off from the crowd and everyone's so yeah. close you can feel it yeah, it really is. It's a, you know, I was in, I was, I was in a ska band, which, so we had a number of, you know, we had four horns and bass, guitar, drums, um, backup, you know, you know, like uh, backup percussion and, and a backup singer. And, and so we had a lot of people up on stage. It's a small stage for that, for, for that many people. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but it's a great place to have a concert and, and just a great feeling. In fact, I think it was in the paper the other day. They, they had a, 
they did an article on the velour and, and how great a job that he's done over the years. Yeah. As far as my first concert experience, there, <laughs> I guess there's a couple that could uh, technically count, but like really only one real uh, concert that I've been to. Like, I guess the earliest one would be Stadium of Fire, which is like this big firework show uh, at the college football stadium. And they would have like the pre-show would be like musicians. And I think the the year that I went there was Carrie Underwood, but I was probably five or six, like my siblings uh, who were four or five years younger than me were really young they were probably just infants at the time um and i don't remember the music at all but i remember the tr- like the the trip going down for the fourth of july uh i remember being in like the like swimming in the pool with my american flag swim shorts uh with our cousins yeah. in the the hotel pool um I, I, other concerts that like might count like just like events in like event kind of concert seating, like Disney on Ice, we we've been to. Um, I've seen people. Wait, does perform. that count as a concert? No, absolutely. Uh, there's not. music. There's music, and you're in a big venue, so maybe. No, it's not a concert. There's performers. It's not a concert. People ice skating around in costumes is not a concert. Um, I agree to disagree, babe. Uh. So the, the the other closest one would probably be um, about a year and a half ago, I saw Hugh Jackman when he came to Salt Lake City, do, like perform his set when he was going on tour. And, but it was a little bit different from the kind of concerts we're talking about. I think what we're talking about are more rock concerts where it's a more mainstream band performing music of any genre inspired by rock and roll, like these kinds of things, very loud music, lots of instrumentation. Uh, and when Hugh Jackman performed, it was just very musical theater, like the stuff that he did in Les Mis and some of the songs from Greatest Showman, some of his songs from X-Men as Wolverine, you know, those There's sorts of things. There's music in X-Men? Oh my gosh, again! <laughs> <laughs> you did it again! You fell for the same joke twice. <laughs> I know! It's even in the script. <laughs> Anyway, that's one of my favorite musicals, <laughs> X-Men Wolverine. <laughs> it's it's off Broadway. <laughs> well, off, off, off off Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also saw um, Brian Regan, who's a, uh, a comedian, perform at, at that same venue in Salt Lake City uh, where the Utah Jazz play. Uh, that was my senior year of high school. And that was pretty, like, that's, again, not a concert, but it's just an artist performing live um, of some sort. And so that was that was fun. It was my senior year of high school, and my parents had tickets, and they were going to take my, my mom's parents to the show. But for some reason, something happened that day that made it so that my grandparents weren't able to drive down and go with them to the show. And so when I got home from school, my mom was just like, so, well, uh, we have front row tickets to see Brian Regan tonight. Uh your homework's not that important, right? And I was like, heck no. <laughs> so that was awesome. I've done the same thing for concerts. <laughs> it's probably one of the only times your mom, to- your mom told you that. 
Are you kidding? Mom was always like, you need to stop studying and go and hang out with people. Not you, him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know your mom. I know what your mom said. <laughs> she was like, please, don't do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go have fun. <laughs> yeah. But I think, uh, so for me, uh, growing up, I, I was never involved in in music to the extent where I was aware of who the, the band was that was performing. Most of my like exposure to music was like top 40 that would play on the radio for 20 years. I, to this day, I've only listened to one album all the way through. And that was because Sydney made me and it was Billie Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make you. You chose okay, yeah, yeah, to okay. listen to that so record she, on your she own bought volition. The record, and it was before we moved in together, but I had already moved into the apartment and a lot of your belongings were here. And I was thinking, ooh, one way that's going to impress her is if I, like, listen to this whole record and tell her what I think about it. I listened to the whole thing, and I messaged you, and I was like, just so you know, I did this for you. And she's like, oh, do you like it any better now? And I was like, no. <laughs> I just, none of that music was for me. It just wasn't fun to listen to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was just, like, kind of depressing. Oh, also, side note, I had to teach Josh what an album was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I... Up until I started dating Sydney, I thought that an album was like a record on vinyl, that just that disc was called an album. And I didn't understand that it was like musicians, that's the way that they usually release music uh, in the like the industry standard, right? Yeah. Where you compile a, a group of songs and release them at the same time, and then you go on tour and perform them. I had no idea like anything about that. <laughs> Yeah. So, Josh, tell us about that concert that I made you go to with me. Okay. So, my first real <laughs> rock music concert. Uh, <laughs> it was called. It was the. It was actually the last concert in a series of concerts that uh, Provo City would put on called the Rooftop Concert Series, and there were a couple of bands that were performing that night. Um, one of them was a local band called the Backstreet Lovers. The Backseat. The Oh, backseat, not backstreet. The backstreet. <laughs> the backstreet. <laughs> there was a small little Great. band called the Backstreet Boys that was on. I uh, Well, we lost a, oh, any yeah. sort of sponsorship there if the backseat lovers ever wanted to <laughs> endorse us. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> and then the second group that came on was called I Don't Know How, But They Found Me, which is uh, um, – the the bassist and singer from that group is Dallin Weeks, who used to be the bassist in uh, Panic at the Disco. And I only know that because Dallin Weeks also uh, graduated from my high school and grew up on my street. And you knew his mom. Yeah. But uh, they were the second group. And then the third group, I think, was the it's like the most well-known group, like the the main group that was performing, right? And the headliner. The Moth and the Flame. Yeah, the Moth and the Flame. Right. Which unfortunately Sydney didn't let me uh, see. Um, excuse uh, me. <laughs> that night. <laughs> okay, so here's what actually happened. So at that time, um, someone else whipped out on me too. <laughs> uh, at that time, uh, Sydney and I had only been dating for two or three months. This was right. So we started dating in the summer, and this was in September, I think. Yeah, about a month after we had started dating. Okay, so. So as we we started dating, and then we both moved down to Provo uh, to go to school. And this was right just a, a week or two after school started, so beginning of September. 
and they were putting on this rooftop concert series for uh, the end of the summer. And she, Sydney invited me to, to come with her to this because she was really excited to hear these groups perform. And I was really nervous because I had also, uh, when I moved down to Provo, started a new job at UPS where I would work the night shifts and I'd wake up at two or three in the morning and I'd go and I'd load uh, packages onto the trucks for delivery and I'd usually get done at nine in the morning. And then I'd, uh, when I'd get done, I'd go to class. And then, so my evenings were always cut short so that I could go to sleep and wake up in time to go to work. And when she invited me to this concert, the concert didn't start until my like usual bedtime. It probably started around 7.30 or 8. Yeah, which was usually the time of, of night where I was like, oh, it's getting late. I should probably go to bed. Um, and luckily, since then, uh, actually pretty recently, I've, I've stopped working there. And I've been able to enjoy my evenings. It's like, wow, I have so much more time. It gets to 7 o'clock and there's not a thought in my brain where it's like, oh, I should probably start wrapping up and going to bed. Otherwise, I'll be hating life tomorrow. That's my thought now. Yeah, because now you have to get up early for job training. Yep. Um, well, anyway, but I was, even though I'm I was very nervous tables. about staying up past my bedtime because of this new job that was the, the they offered tuition reimbursement. So I, I was very nervous that I had to keep this job in order to pay for school. And, um, but even though I was very nervous about that, I was also very nervous because there was this girl I had a crush on. And I didn't want to let her down. And she invited me to go to this event with her. And that, to me, was a little bit more important. I appreciate that, babe. Oh, I'm not talking about you. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> so we we went to the the concert. And the way that the concert is set up is, it, it from my understanding, you, you told this in the last time, is that it's called the concert rooftop concert series because it used to be played on the roof of one of the the those office buildings the on, garage or so, the garage yeah the so it garage. used to be on the roof of the parking garage but it got so big that they had to move it into the plaza in front of the new skin building and so the band like they set up a stage and the band plays on the stage like in the plaza and all the people are just standing room only all the way back through the street well it's not really a plaza it's more the street right in the middle yeah. of the center. Yeah. That's, uh, so, yeah, there's there's Center Street, which is kind of right in the middle of the, it's called Historic Downtown Provo. That's like the main street, basically, is Center Street. Yeah, kind of. Uh, like, it's the freeway exit coming into Provo. Um, and they, so th- for this concert, they, they just, the police block off that entire Center Street, um, section. And the road is the standing room for the concert. And then the, the plaza in front of the, the what's called the New Skin Building is where they built the stage and uh, where I guess the green room behind that for the performers was in those offices. Yeah, the green room's in the building. Yeah. Dad would know. And, uh, and so we get there uh, probably, what would you say? half an hour-ish before it started, 45 minutes. Yeah. Because uh, you wanted to make sure we were there in time. And when we got there, there was already like a decent number of people, but we were pretty close to the stage. And then pretty soon after we got there, we were surrounded, like jam-packed. And by the time that the concert started, uh, there was no wiggle room. Uh, 
and I was very much like just had no personal space and I was trying very hard not to just have like a mental breakdown and me <laughs> this being like the first month that like I had dated Josh had no idea like how just how unsocial he was and how much he hated well, people and you put it like that <laughs> And so, like, we're standing there, and I'm, like, having the time of my life, and I turn around, and he looks so uncomfortable, and, he, like, everyone's jumping and, like, moving their arms and everything, and he's just standing there still, arms by his side, like, in the middle of the crowd, like, the only thing not moving. Oh, great. <laughs> and he just looked so uncomfortable. Oh, man. Now that all of our audience is going to have that image in their mind, they're going to be like, Josh is such a nerd. I mean, it's not wrong, though. Okay, yeah, that's true. I I just, like, thinking back on it, there were, like, that is a, like, those are circumstances that I can imagine myself having a very enjoyable time if a couple of things were different. Like, one, it was, like, I was having, like, kind of an anxiety attack about like being up so late and having to go to work in the morning and also just the fact that it was like I with ADHD being anywhere doing the same thing for a long period of time is almost painful and like you know when I went to your band performance at the university I sat through one of your numbers and then after the applause, I had to, like, leave because I couldn't sit there and listen anymore. And I texted you. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just, like, taking a walk. and I'll come back in. But uh, there was none of that at this concert because if I left, there was no way that we could get back in because of uh, how packed the, the standing room was. And the other thing is just that I was not familiar with any of the music that any of the groups were performing. And for me, that just is very unstimulating to listen to music that uh, I don't know. I don't know the words. I don't know the tune. And everyone else around me is singing and very into it. And I just feel like very out of place, you know. And so for me, the whole thing was just miserable. But I was very nervous and I didn't want to, like, tell you. <laughs> but uh, right before, um, I don't know how, but they found me, which was the second group. They they right before they finished their set which was probably i don't know what would you say half an hour into the concert no way more than that more than that oh yeah like nine thirty or 10 o'clock at night how much how long did each band play um well i think like backseat lovers was only like a half an hour but then like you've got the transition time between bands and stuff and okay i don't know how but they found me definitely took more time than backseat yeah because it was it was pretty dark uh, by the time they started playing, and then it was really dark by the time we left, and they hadn't stopped playing yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they were almost done with their set, um, and I just turned to Sydney, and I was like, can we can we leave? <laughs> and I could see the disappointment in your eyes, but you were so sweet, and you're like, yeah, no problem. And so we left, and I explained to you like what it was. but uh, And I feel bad because <laughs> you didn't even get to hear the headlining band perform. But I think, like, I'm definitely not opposed at all to going to more concerts with you in the future um, and trying it again, as long as we take note of what went wrong the first time and we make sure to do it a little bit differently next time. Well, I can't promise that the concerts we go to will be will not be standing room only. Okay, I think, like, that's one thing that I, that 
will like make me uncomfortable, but it like won't make the whole situation miserable if I'm not stressed about like having to get up in just a couple hours for work. And also if I am like familiar enough with the group before we go in that I like my enjoyment of the music will like uh, cancel out any like discomfort from uh, the standing room, you know? Gotcha. So, so what you're saying is that I've got to give you homework every time we go to the concert. Maybe, but like, there's a lot of like music that I have become a little bit more familiar with, just even on my own since I've started dating you, just because of like how you've introduced me to just the way of like listening to music. That like there, are, there's plenty of groups that I would already be like super down to like hear perform live uh, if they ever came our way for uh, tour or anything. But yeah, like if there's stuff that they're coming to or the concerts that you're looking forward to, like I'm, I'm totally down to as long as you give me like plenty of advance notice that I could slowly like acclimate to like their music. Well, hey, Cur- he's already listened to Billie Eilish, so there you go, Sid. Hey! <laughs> okay, I don't know if I would want to hear Billie Eilish before my. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pay three hundred dollars for a ticket that he's not sure me. he wants to see. <laughs> Take Livy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dad, tell us about your favorite concert. So my favorite concert, um, it's it's one that I saw back in high school. So so back, I think this was my um, my sophomore year in high school, and uh, and this was back when U two was just became like a a really big super band, um, and they were. They had just put out Joshua Tree, which was a huge hit, and they were touring for it. Um, it was called the Rattle and Hum Tour. In fact, there's a DVD that was put out about it, and it was kind of a big deal at the time because they were touring. Um, they were trying to get Martin Luther King Day as a holiday in in every state, and and so they were they were trying to kind of go around and and push that along with their concert. And um, you know, the the Joshua Tree. There were so many big hits that came. They were by far the biggest band at the time, and One so of they my were favorite albums of all time. Yeah, seriously, and and they followed it up with Rattle and Hum, the, the, you know, basically the, uh, the, the album that came out of um, out of songs from this tour, uh, and and it was it was just almost as big and almost as good as as the Joshua Tree, and so anyway, they they were coming around, they were huge, and so me and all my friends um, wanted to go see them, so we went and. Uh, stood in a parking lot at night, uh, and I think we stood there all night just to get tickets for it. And uh, the, you know, they started selling tickets at like nine o'clock in the, the next morning. And so we're standing there in line, and didn't look like we were that far away from from the from the front of the line. But um, you know, as they started selling tickets, we started moving forward, and we were probably we were probably third or fourth in line, and there started to be rumors that they were about sold out, but they might do another, they might do another uh, concert. And so we were given the option. We could either buy the last few tickets of the first concert or wait and possibly get tickets for a second concert. And so, you know, we were like, well, you know, it would be cool to be pretty close to the stage um, for, you know, for the second concert. So we're going to kind of, roll the dice and see if we can get tickets. And sure enough, it was like 15 minutes later, they're like, yeah, we've got a second second concert we're opening up. So we went and we got tickets. We ended up being like in the, I think we were in the, like the 20 row or something. So not that close, but close enough still. It was um, close enough to, 
you know, see the stage and see what was going on. But the concert itself, you know, I think anybody who's been to a U2 concert, their concerts are more of an experience than than just a concert. And um, and so it was really cool because, you know, you get there and uh, first of all, the opening band. And if you if anybody's seen or listened to the Rowl and Hum album or 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 seen the DVD, B.B. Um, King sang a song with it. And actually, that was the concert that I went to. B.B. King actually opened up for U2. It was in Fort Worth, Texas, and That's he opened awesome. it up for you too. Um, and then he came back on to to sing a, you know, to sing the song that uh, Bono had written for both of them. And uh, we were just blown away that you know, first of all, BB King would be the opener because um, that was a huge act in the band. Jazz blues legend BB King. Yeah, seriously, just I just incredible. It was, it was a fun opener, um, but then to have him come back on and sing when love comes to town with them was uh was just a highlight of the concert but but then like um you know after bb king was done they you know they start changing the set around they move all of bb king stuff out and they start getting it ready and um at some point you know there was a lot of roadies up there and they were testing things and at some point the testing turned into the concert it was really cool how they did that um but you know it you know, at one point, I, I think like a couple of times there were like, it sounded like maybe they were getting started. And so everybody would start cheering and then they'd quickly realize they were still doing the sound check. And that happened like two or three times. And so that when they actually did it, I think we'll take it off guard, but they they turned the sound check into where the streets have another where the streets have. Um, and, and all of a sudden you realize that the sound check for the board turned into the for where the streets have no, and then, and then the drummer, I think the bass player next. And I, you know, all of a sudden it turned into a concert and it was one of the, one of the coolest openings to a concert that I've ever seen. And then, and then just the whole thing was just kind of, you know, they had it all kind of choreographed and um, put together such that it was a, uh, it was more of kind of an experience and just an awesome, awesome concert. You know, we'd been listening to the album for a long time, so we knew all the songs and um, and uh, and just uh, you, you know, we're actually on the DVD. Uh, if you want to go and look, you can look. It's it shows the concert when when love comes to town, and it pans to the area of the crowd where I'm at, and I've never been. I'll have to go it. and try to pick you out. Yeah, good luck with that. But uh, but I I can like wave my finger around and say, hey, look, I'm right in there somewhere. Um, I think you have to us before. <laughs> I'm I'm probably in there too, so <laughs> you probably Josh. have just as uh, just as good a chance of finding me. Yeah, right, right, Josh. I think Waldo's in there also. So, oh, gotcha. But uh, but no, it was um, by far my favorite concert. Even though it was one of my first, it may have been my second concert, right? Not right after, but sometime after. That's kind of the concert that I measure all other concerts um, against. And so far, um, you know, I've seen a lot of band Bam, I've seen Green Day, I've seen Dave Matthews, a lot of other uh, bands, smaller venues, venues, venues. But that's that's by far just my favorite, my favorite concert experience, and one that is still kind of um, even though I'm an old man, as my kids always remind, uh, it's just it's just an experience that is still like the. Um, you know, still just really ingrained. In, um, I can still remember the, you know, you know, pictures from the stage and and the songs and and what I was thinking. 
And, and especially, I can still remember sitting in chemistry and not being able to hear a single period. We're just like, <laughs> just like uh, blown from how loud it was. That was that was the one thing I did. But it was a great experience. I, I'll, I'll never forget. That sounds awesome. So right now, I don't really know much about you two. Uh, I know a couple of things. I know that Joshua Tree is Sydney's favorite album of all time. And so for Christmas, I wanted, because we had we had just uh, bought a record player together and we were starting a vinyl collection. And I wanted to buy her that album on vinyl for Christmas. And so I, I looked online and I found Joshua Tree on vinyl. Um, but when it came, I uh, found out that it was only... Uh, a couple of the singles from the album that, that came and not the whole album on vinyl, which uh, Sydney once again was patient with me for making a simple mistake. And she, she loved it anyway, because uh, where the streets have no name was on there. And that's her favorite song from the album. Right. Yes. Um, and after, after she opened it, she played that song probably nonstop for the next two days on the record player. Oh, definitely. And she, uh, uh, and she loves the opening as well. She would record the the opening on her phone and then post it to Instagram. I did that once. I'm pretty sure you did that every time for two no, days. No, I did that once. All of your uh, Instagram followers were like, "We get it, we get it. We, this is the hundredth time we've seen this opening on your story." You know what, Instagram followers, you're welcome. Okay, but uh, I think that the biggest mistake that uh, that I made that made it so I couldn't find the actual album was I didn't realized that U2 was the letter U and the number two. <laughs> I thought it was like, like when people are like, oh, I love you. And you're like, oh yeah, U2 or whatever. And so, and so I was looking up U2, like Y-O-U-T-O-O, uh, Joshua Tree. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, that was that was the, just the singles was the the best that Google was gonna gonna give me. They were just like, man, if you want the whole thing, you're gonna have to try harder than that. <laughs> They're just like, you're not good enough for the the whole album, just a few singles. <laughs> right. Come back when you can spell YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I can, like, even though I don't know their their music other than like I've heard the where the streets have no name. Um, from when Sydney was playing that on our, our record player. Uh, I can imagine what going to one of their concerts uh, would be like in a way because um, there's, at the at the aquarium, do you know what I'm talking about? The clock? There's, yeah, there's this uh, exhibit that they built last year with this huge claw spaceship-looking thing that shoots up into the air, and it's the it's, it really is like the highest thing in the valley like in the immediate vicinity. And so when we are driving uh, from where we live uh, to go visit our parents, we drive uh, over what's called the point of the mountain into the Salt Lake Valley. And as we're driving down the hill, that's really the only thing that you can see is this huge uh, white and orange spaceship claw shooting into the sky. And at night it lights up and it's just really alien looking thing. And I found out later that that is from U2's like one of their world tours or something. And it was either bought by the aquarium or was donated to them. But that was just so random that it was from U2 that they would take on uh tour for their performances. And then it's just at the uh, living planet aquarium for their, uh, their new exhibit, um, which I don't even know what that exhibit is, but I, I don't know, know, but I want to see it. Yet, but 
If it, yeah, if it has well, anything to do I, with uh, when the streets have no name. Yeah, you know, I think it's you too. They actually, um, they actually bought them. They come along with the flock. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that that I'm is there. the exhibit. Is <laughs> you just go see Bono in his uh, natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll try to uh, include a picture. Or like an image uh, or a link to it or something in the description for our listeners yeah. that are not from Utah. Well, I have to say my favorite concert was probably either the Indigo Girls or Paul McCartney. And the Indigo Girls, because I am super obsessed with them, because I think they're just incredible writers, in- incredible musicians, incredible songwriters. Um, Harmonies are everything. amazing. Harmonies are amazing. Just everything about their music is perfection. The lyrics, the chords, the harmonies, uh, the guitar solos, whatever. It's incredible. And there was one concert that we went to that was just stripped down, and they hadn't released an album in, like, the recentness. They hadn't released an album for a while, and so um, they were playing at this small venue, and they just played all of their favorite, like, the classics for the last like 20 years, 25 years and that was awesome to hear everything that I had like grown up listening to about them just to hear them play it live was amazing. The other one was Paul McCartney and that one I have my friend Megan to thank for that because she had a, an extra ticket. Her dad forgot to get work off and so they were going down to Vegas to watch Paul McCartney play. And they invited me along, and so I drove down with her mom and her brother and her, and we had such a fun time on the road trip down. It was at the time right before Josh and I started dating. And when you Josh, I was a tool? Yeah, when you were a tool. <laughs> <laughs> when he wasn't talking to me, and so I was like, you know what? He's not talking to me. I'm going to go down in Vegas and have fun. We'll and have to so, tell that story on the podcast. What? I said we'll have to tell that story on the podcast eventually. Eventually, yeah. yeah. But for now, just know that Josh was a tool. <laughs> and so, so <laughs> anyways, we were driving down to Vegas, and we got to the concert, and I mean, Paul McCartney, he was in The Beatles, he was in Wings, he's released his own stuff, and he played stuff from all eras of his music, and I didn't realize how much of it I knew, but it was epic. I mean, there's no words to describe what it feels like to be in a stadium full of people singing Let It Be and um, having Paul McCartney, one of the original Beatles, playing it. I mean, there were just so many classics, and I just about died and went to heaven that night. Also, I made sure I post all about it on Instagram because I wanted Josh to see and be jealous and at least say something to me because he wasn't speaking. So... I don't think I said anything to you about the concert. No, you didn't. You didn't. I don't even think you realized I went to the concert, so. Uh-uh. Actually, I think I might have, but I didn't realize that it was in Vegas. Yeah. Also, you still didn't talk to me after that, so. <laughs> well, uh, we'll if explain If Paul McCartney why. can't make him speak to me, I don't know what can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll explain why uh, in a later episode. We'll dedicate three more uh, recording <laughs> sessions to it. <laughs> Well, uh, I think last time, some of the things we talked about were, uh, like, what makes 
uh, like hearing music performed live or like what's what's different between like listening to music at home and listening to it performed live. But I think that was already covered like pretty well in 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 the stories that you guys shared in the concerts that you went to is just the, the those experiences and how uh, immersive those were. Right. Yeah. Just being among people who are uh, who love the music just as much as you do and. It's just the atmosphere of the concert, the music, along with the people that you're surrounded by, the moshing, you know, the drugs. It, and it's it's fun to, you know, it's a lot of fun to go to, to concerts in general where there's good music being played. But if you know the music really well, um, you know, it, that, that can kind of become a, a special experience to, you know, to, to be there and hear it played live. Um, and and not just like rock music either, because you know I'm thinking of some of my favorite concerts that I've gone to have been like with the orchestra. Um, I really love Rachmaninoff's Second Piano Concerto. Um, I cried I at able, that one. Yeah, when I was able to go and hear that live. Um, and then you can you can sing along with the piano concerto. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> people were telling me to shut up, and I didn't understand that. But um, but yeah, it was. Uh, um, and and there was one um, Tchaikovsky's. Uh, uh, fourth fourth symphony? symphony. The fourth yeah. symphony when the when the horns start out. Um, you know, I've listened to that one a million times um, on recordings. But when when we were sitting, when we went, I think it was a couple of years ago, and we're sitting in the audience, we were probably twentieth row back, and the horns started playing. That that was just a um, that was an incredible experience, it, and one that could not be. Uh, replicated uh, by a recording it was it was it was it was a really cool experience to to hear them so i yeah you know i highly recommend if you if there's music that you like and and that person comes in concert um try and you know you know i recommend that people go out and and go to those concerts and you know it, it can certainly be worthwhile and something you also a side note for people that think classical music is lame if you have not heard classical music live, you don't get to have an opinion on classical music. Hey, but I think everyone's real... entitled to their opinion, whether or not it's right. <laughs> okay, but as a classically trained clarinetist and someone who has frequented the orchestra very often, I will say that listening to it live is just such an amazing experience. Um, and that... The orchestra, I mean, you just, you kind of think of it as like movie music, you know, like cause to a certain extent, it kind of is. And you, and a lot of orchestras will play movie, movie music too, but right now, like the orchestras, um, you know, have been especially hit hard by COVID and everything. And I would encourage you to go out and at least like listen to your local orchestra and just try it out. It may not be your favorite thing in the world, but I promise you, like, you may realize like... You like it a lot better than you do just listening to it because classical music is amazing. You know, the thing is, is that there's there's obviously like a barrier to entry for uh, being able to enjoy classical music, but that's the same for for any type of music, any type of concert that you go to. Obviously, there is a barrier for barrier of entry and enjoyment for me for that concert that we went to uh, the Provo Rooftop series that uh, unfortunately limited my ability to appreciate the experience, but. Uh, as long as anyone's willing to to put in any sort of effort to to overcome that barrier, they can, uh, you know, uncover like a world of uh, uh, enjoyment and uh, entertainment in in that way. 
uh, and I, I totally understand that, that uh, going to any sort of concert where you're prepared and you know the music, or even if you don't know the music, but you kind of know how to enjoy it, makes it feel like you're not just there enjoying what's being performed, but that you're part of the performance. You're, you're, you are in the, the concert, you're part of the, the whole uh, shebang. And a way that I experienced that is when we went to the the Utah Symphony and they performed Beethoven's Fifth, no, Seventh. I can't remember which Beethoven it was. I think it was either the Fifth or the Seventh, but seventh. I don't know which Probably. which one's which. I think it was the Seventh. But um, and and I I think I maybe heard one of the movements before, but uh, I had uh, at that time been taking a uh, a music listening class at the university um and it was just kind of uh uh more of like the the history of like uh music from uh like medieval times to to the modern day and we talked about like in the classical era obviously there's symphonies and we talked about like symphonies are very formulaic and we had to know uh the the forms that you know the first and the second and the third and fourth movements and all, all, all these things would be in and kind of what so i i was already very prepared, so I knew what to expect, even though I wasn't familiar with the music. And being able to do that, plus I had to do a concert report, so I, I was uh, held accountable to how well I was paying attention to the music. But just being like being able to be involved in the music that was being performed in that way made it very much enjoyable, even though I didn't know about the music. And so I, I'm definitely excited for, for any type of concert that we go to in, in the future, um, knowing how to, like, what is expected of me to be able to enjoy it you know uh at my own peril <laughs> i'm excited to 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 go knowing like how how i can better do that next time yeah so i want to know josh did you experience a barrier of entry to the ice capades disney on ice disney on ice sorry because <laughs> i think i would <laughs> yeah, I'm really feeling the barrier of entry on this one. You know, but that that was also when I was so young. I can't even remember. <laughs> Maybe that was the barrier of entries. I just wasn't I wasn't tall enough to ride that ride. <laughs> or maybe we're too tall to ride that ride. <laughs> I probably am now. <laughs> well, I have to say one of my favorite concert experiences was uh when dad allowed his teenage daughters and their friend to go down to the sketchiest park in Salt Lake City to see a concert for a band known for being kind of a drug concert where people go to party while they listen to them. Yep. It was the house band. It was this ska band I know called... uh... (laughs) My Man Friday? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They have this bassist, uh, uh, Johnny Johnson. He's a real weirdo. He's awesome. I think like in their, their later tours, he was actually replaced by Bill Murray. Oh. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Anyways, I went to see the house band for Jimmy Fallon, The Roots, and we get to the concert, and, Wait, it, was and su- it was it was in like the sketchiest park in Salt Lake City. Yeah, I already said that. I don't think that you could uh, emphasize that enough. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, hey, you, you people think of the, Salt Lake the City. Sketchiest park. In Salt Lake City. Exactly, Josh. Thank you. People think of Salt Lake City, and they don't think it can get that sketchy. And they're right. It's not as sketchy as, like, some of the places in New York that, like, Josh and I lived in and stuff. But, like, I mean, this is as sketchy as Salt Lake gets. 
like was this park and he sends his 17 and 14 year olds to the park uh to go see this concert and so we go in and we're standing there it's another one of those like standing room only part uh concerts and the band starts playing and there's this guy he's like a mountain that's standing in front of us and he's just jumping and um my sister who at the time you know she she grew a little more but at the time she was barely scratching five feet and um this guy had to be like seven feet like super tall jumping up and down and he kept on like smashing her and I like kind of like nudged him I was like hey man like leave her alone and he turns and looks at me and his eyes are just like glassed over like he was not processing a single thing that was like coming in or out I don't even think he like registered that my sister was there and he was uh very high and so he kept on like jumping around and he uh almost crushed her a second time this lady that was standing behind us comes over and shoves him and I thought she was gonna get in a fight with him and she's like hey leave her alone and stuff and, like, I I was ready to, like, clear out of there, but she turned out to be really nice. She actually taught me how to use cocaine, so that was very sweet of her. You Even did not actually use it, though. She just taught you <laughs> No. That. No, she just taught me how, and she's like, you want some? And I was like, oh, no, thank you. I'm Point good. of clarification. Though, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have never and will never do cocaine. <laughs> just to be clear, <laughs> I've never done drugs. <laughs> Dang it, I was planning an episode. <laughs> Thanks for participating. <laughs> Well, it would be Sydney's first time. <laughs> there so, goes our cocaine sponsorship. <laughs> so anyways, uh, concert like keeps going on, and I turn around at one point, and I see this guy, and he's crawling all over the grass, and he keeps on picking up sticks and trying to smoke them. And I think he dropped his blunt and was trying to find them. And he found one stick... And he was going at it for a good, like, five minutes trying to get it to smoke, but it just wasn't giving him the high, so these feel are bad not, for him. These are not sticks of marijuana. They are actual sticks laying yes, on the ground. For actual food. twigs <laughs> that he was picking up and smoking. So I hope he found his blunt, but I doubt he did. He's a little high to find it. <laughs> Can that sticks? Yes. <laughs> How was the music? Yes, Sid? Josh, sticks come from trees. Like it's like nature's weed. I think nature's weed is weed. <laughs> what did I say the other day? Where I was like, I have it written down. <laughs> That'd be a great bumper sticker. Sticks, nature's weed. Oh, just wait. She's got a better one. Cilantro is the devil's weed, and gum is the devil's cilantro. <laughs> Why? I have, like, like I just have that If we're, uh, if that we're going by quotes that Josh has said, the other one is, I'm every kind of whore all the time. Ooh, I don't think we should release that one on the internet. <laughs> I think we should. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, like, I can't eat cilantro because it all just tastes like shampoo to me. Like, you put just, like, a little bit of, like, cilantro garnish in a sandwich. like tastes like the whole thing was just deep fried in lotion. I don't know why that's such a problem. I love shampoo. Not in your mouth. <laughs> but anyway, I, I tease Sydney all the time because she loves cilantro. Uh, and so she'll she'll buy it in big bunches. <laughs> I always tease her. I was like, that is that is not allowed in our house. You're not allowed to have this, uh, like these unholy. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I was just teasing her that 
that cilantro is the devil's weed. But then also, uh, I get annoyed whenever someone's like chewing gum while they're talking to me. And so I was like, cilantro is the devil's weed and gum is the devil's cilantro. Because I think I was chewing gum and apparently I'm a really annoying gum chewer. Uh, sometimes, like when you're like trying to cuddle me and you have like your mouth like right in like my shoulder next to my ear and you're chewing gum loudly. Like that's, you know, I always just try to like move away. But I I think that that quote definitely made the point I was trying to, to clarify. So, yeah. Well, um, are there any final words on concerts from our beloved guest or from uh, Corbett Hansen? <laughs> you know, I think my last word would be, you know, get out once we can get back out, which it looks like it'll be soon. Get out and go see concerts. You know, they can be a lot of fun. So, so that would be my last word. I think my last word would be um perfunctuous is that even a you can't just make up words josh you know i'm pretty sure i just made that word up yep i'm pretty (laughs) sure you did too i was about to ask for a definition banana okay google (laughs) define perfunctuous here's the definition of perfunctory of an action or gesture carried out with a minimum of effort or reflection close perfunctory is a word perfunct what i say perfunctuous yeah something like that perfunctuous would be uh, of or relating to a perfunctory state or something. I don't know. You know, in English, you can do that. You can just conjugate whatever the hell you want. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Sid, your turn. Last word. My turn. Last words. I choose not to give them. You know what? You're fired. <laughs> you can't fire me. I can, as long as there's you a two-thirds vote house. majority. And I obviously vote yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's only 50%, babe. But I count for two, because I have two arms. <laughs> you can't fire me. We don't work in this van. Van down by the river. You know what? Let's go ahead and wrap up our podcast so that <laughs> for the third time, so uh, uh, Corbett can go ahead and uh, get to bed. Cause it's well, what about me? <laughs> well, you have to stay up all night anyways. I'm not staying up all night. Right after this closes, I am going to bed. Uh, Probably before dad is. Thank you, listeners, for enjoying and uh, listening to another episode of our podcast. Thanks for participating. Um, please go check us out on the social medias. You can find our Instagram at uh, I'm on Instagram at Josh is Rich. Um, that's uh, separated by underscores. And you can find Sydney on Instagram at, at Dip Your Chicken. I think I just said at two times. At, just, at. just dip your chicken. That's my handle. Also, don't ask. <laughs> Um, our podcast is also on Instagram at TFP underscore pod. And we're on Twitter at TFP underscore show. And hopefully after we recover from this uh, unintentional hiatus and our technical difficulties and we uh, release this episode, which will be the first one in, a, in several weeks, uh, we'll be able to be a little bit more active on our socials. Um, so thank you for being patient with us. Uh, we've had a a lot of sweet listeners reach out to us worried that we were done with the podcast after just starting and they were uh, very sweet in um, reaching out to let us know that they were missing uh, new episodes. And so uh, just know we have plenty of episodes planned. Uh, We'll be releasing episodes more frequently as long as the technology uh, continues to cooperate. Just remember, Josh, the save button is your best friend. You know what? 
I don't believe you. I I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I don't. I don't I, I'm going to not save it just to prove a point. Okay. So then <laughs> we'll see you next time, Dad, for the fourth time around. <laughs> no, no. Don't say that because you're going to jinx us. <laughs> save button. <laughs> you turd. Uh, if you have any uh, feedback or episode suggestions or anything, or if you just want to say hello, you can uh, email us at participating.podcast at gmail.com. Or I guess you could private message us on Instagram, too, because we're both pretty active on there. Yeah, that's a- any way to, that works for you. We, we, we love when listeners reach out to us. It, it honestly makes us really happy. Um, also, um, again, thanks for uh, Ryan Lehman and Ice Cream Manatee for their reviews on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, five-star reviews and, and ra- ratings on Apple Podcasts actually helps the internet algorithm in a way that I don't understand. But helps uh, our podcast reach more listeners, um, boosts it in in search results and, and all that stuff. So it would really we really appreciate it if you're wondering, oh, what's a, a way that I can support Josh and Sydney in their um, you know world renowned podcast? Uh, that's a very simple way. Just go on there, uh, leave us a, a favorable review, and we'll we'll read your review on the podcast. And we also really appreciate the support from everyone has reached out it really means a lot to us that people are listening to our podcast and we love the love that we're getting yeah we're glad that our uh our listeners interact with us and we just want to reach out and say you know what thanks for participating you get <laughs> uh the cover art is by vaishan brandon you can follow him on instagram and check out all of the awesome work that he's done he's just released a lot of uh, uh awesome uh graphics and stuff uh uh, in February for Black History Month that I loved all of it. Um, he's awesome. So again, that's uh, Instagram at graphite.vmb. And you can uh, catch our the guy who... Okay. We're going to have to cut that. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm cutting pretty much everything that you said. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm cutting you from the bedroom I don't even think I'm recording your tonight, microphone. So. <laughs> Hope you like the couch. <laughs> oh, Sid, so your microphone's not even plugged in. <laughs> You can catch Mitch Fry, who composed our opening music and closing music, at Instagram at firefry underscore. That's F-I-R-E-F-R-E-I underscore. And he also has a a YouTube, right? Yeah. Mitch uh, Fry Music. Yeah, Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. He's great. He was, you know, friend of the pod. He was on an episode. Probably be having him on an episode again in the future. So... Uh, and that's pretty much it. Um, I think there was one other thing that I, oh, just, uh, again, just emphasis on like hitting us up on the socials because, uh, in the near future, we'll probably be doing, um, some sort of promotion on there, maybe giveaways or something. Uh, so if you guys want to be part of that, make sure to, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And also that would just, uh, those are the easiest ways to share the, the, the podcast with a friend is uh, over the socials. Yep. Thanks, you guys. We love you. Oh, we're signing off. Well, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say? Um, lamination. Okay. Thank you, guys. We love you. Bye. <laughs>